0: My name is Anthony Cappazzoli and this is the Dismantled Life Podcast, where we share stories of hope, love, and strength from the darkness of addiction into the sunlight of sobriety. These are stories from people just like us who have lived through the pain and made it. No matter how bad it gets, just know that you can and will recover. It takes work. It takes hard work. Each week, we talk in detail about what it takes to make it, what it takes to beat your addictions. I am a recovering addict from alcohol cocaine and nicotine. My addiction started in eighth grade. I am now 50. I had over 40 years of very bad habits to break. I hit rock bottom hard. More than once, I nearly died. I would have left my wife and two young children behind. I've been clean and sober for nearly three years. I completely dismantled my entire life and rebuilt it from the ground up. I believe to make it in recovery, it takes a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual approach. It takes a positive mindset. It takes hard work. It takes a village. Join me weekly to learn from my sober superhero guests on the Dismantle Life podcast. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Check me out at dismantle.life. Email me at anthony at dismantle.life anytime. Please be sure to leave a rating and review anywhere you listen to your podcasts and let me know if you want to be on the show. Happy Recovery. You know, I wrote a few things down. I'm going to share it with you, if I may, because I think that what you guys are doing is fucking great. And I'm a fan because I, you know, I'm in recovery. I've been re- in recovery for about three years oh. and we can get into some, some of that detail later. But I'm really impressed by what you guys are doing, because I think that um, the words I used, you know, doing not only before I reached out to you, but every time I watch your videos um, on Insta, I always think of these. These are the terms that come to mind. Uh, joyful, exuberant, loving, giving, proud, and daring. And I really, really am impressed with what you're doing because oh, I've, yeah. first of all, I think the brand is great. And I love the clothes because I think that you found your own vibe and you're very proud of that vibe. And I think that you own that. And it's that's huge, not only for recovery, but for anybody really. And then I love how you play, how some people try to fuck with you guys with yeah. stupid shit that they post. And I'm thinking, you know, this isn't a podcast (laughs) for kids this is for adults so i'll say fuck them you know i'm glad that you guys ride through that shit and kind of post their negative bullshit yeah and let your fans kind of fight the fight and i i dig that uh i really do and it sucks that you gotta put up with that crap because i think what you guys are doing is fucking amazing thanks
1: well i think like that is it's um territory that we're trudging right now is kind of creating awareness and kind of helping end the stigma and so that was like the vision and so obviously the bigger we get people are speaking and we're like holy shit like people really think addicts are just derelicts that just should not have anything ever again because they did drugs you know but I also we also believe that a lot of those people were probably hurt Hurt by an
2: addict, or maybe just hurt by something in general. And so anybody who didn't, you know, maybe someone does all the right things and they work like really hard or whatever, and they still don't like have the life that they want. And so they see somebody who didn't do all the right things and now is getting the life that they want, and they're like, "Oh, that's not fair." Yeah, you know, like back in school when you'd have those people who would tell on you for cheating on a test because they studied so hard to get an A, and so they're like, "Well, she cheated," you know. So it's like one of those things. So right. like, of course, the let them do what, do, uh, do
0: what they do, Uh because I think now that, that like it comes them. down to intention. Whatever. And I yeah. think if you've got positive intentions and are trying to improve, you know, every day, I, I think positive momentum kind of takes over and whether I so on the other side of it too, I think there are trolls out there that are never happy with anything that anyone is doing and they'll complain and bitch and piss and moan no matter what it is. So Good for you guys, man. I'm really impressed with what you're doing. And I was joking with my wife. I would never have the balls to do videos like you guys do because some 50-year-old guy dancing around, it would look so funny. I'd fall over and break a hip or something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) People would love it. People would love it. (laughs) They would. But I think TikTok is like an app that's really kind of created... Um, a space for people to really be themselves. Um, just like, let alone from the recovery community you see, or, or aside from the recovery community, you see people coming on and, and just really getting vulnerable and authentic. And, and it's a really incredible place for people to come and bond yeah. and really have the confidence to speak on who they really are. And um, so TikTok was not the first like idea, right? The pandemic happened so we well let me back up so the brand is about four months a little over four months now right almost almost five yeah so we launched the brand and all the social right media in the middle of all
0: this shit live. that's great i love it
1: and um is that crazy yeah and i was on tiktok because everybody got on tiktok and everyone's doing their dances and I, everyone's like, oh, 2 billion people got on the app and blah, 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 blah. And I just saw so much potential. And I said, dude, we can be really super creative and connect with a lot of people that yeah. can find the brand here. And no. um, that's exactly what happened. And I didn't fuck <laughs>
2: with it at first. She didn't. I was like, "This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen." And like, I honestly, <laughs> like, if you go, if you scroll way back, like, I wasn't on it. She wasn't. And um, <laughs> I'm real. like, right. Trump's gonna shut it down anyways. This is stupid. And then like. I got on a couple of videos and she was getting up next thing you know we're in like the tens of thousands and i was like oh girl wow. i was wrong i was so <laughs> wrong like you yeah this is cool because like in the beginning i so when i first got clean i went and lived with her and i was like living in her house and we were going to meetings and i'm like i really just feel like there's so much more to be said after a meeting yeah like people just share i yeah. don't even get to talk to them about it i share and then like there's no crosstalk i'm like this is stupid and she's, so then she comes in my room one day and she's like, dude, you wanna like, uh, you wanna like do, or we were in the car. Mm-hmm. And she's like, do you want, I've always wanted to do like more. I'm so creative, I wanna do more. And like, why don't we do like, why don't we just start out doing some like videos? Like, we'll just do like a podcast. And then we saw like yeah, a podcast. No, meeting. you should, you I should. I don't know, maybe we're vain, who knows, but we wanted to be on the screen. Yes. So she were like, <laughs> she's like, forget the podcast, we'll do a vlog, And that's a video log. And so we started just basically going on yep. and like talking about recovery. And on then, facebook and with a matter of minutes i felt like minutes she's like i want to do a clothing brand there's trash clothing out there one day at a time <laughs> on a novelty t-shirt that looks like you could buy it at 7-eleven like i'm over it and then there was then there was all her designs and she started designing the clothes and he probably should be telling us <laughs> but but then and then she started designing the clothes and we started out just on like a simple platform kind of just getting the clothes out there and then you started doing the tiktok
1: kind of right hmm
2: and it was like, hold on, there's so much, so much more, more potential here that can be, that can be done. So, cause
1: we were, we, we, we did it print on demand hmm. for two weeks. We were live with print on demand and I shut it down. I said, oh no, this is not the way we're going to do this. Like this has real potential. And it's really cool because this has been a real year of walking through fear and self discovery for me and for Ashley as well. Kind of just by default, she's just like here, you know, and Um, because owning a clothing line be just designing and it's been a a lifelong passion of mine and um, I kind of I deaded that dream in my early 20s because I was so fucked up on drugs you know I remember I would my mom my mom Baker acted me once I was like 16 or 17 um, one of the many times I was Baker acted one of the therapists there was like huge into vision boards and stuff like that and she's like we're gonna do a vision board and anything you want be limitless on the vision board like don't don't put logic in it just what do you want and my vision board was fashion design I was like I want to own a clothing line I want to own a brand I want to create stuff like that and um, but I just didn't see any way to make it possible. And then my disease progressed and, you know, life happened. And I said, it was always there in the back of my mind. And I said, I it's for another life. You know, I'm a ninth grade dropout. I don't even have no connections. Like, it's just not, not ever going to happen. I had nothing but time on my hands with the pandemic. Right. And I said... Uh, And they're like, start a clothing line. I said, yeah, yeah. Well, how are you going to do it? I said, I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. Well, if anyone could figure it out. You know? And so a lot has come with that. It's not just, it's not just a brand. It's not just a recovery life brand. The message is no matter what you've been through, no matter um, how far away from something, your passion you think you are, if you take the leap, the universe will open up. And, you know, because if you have a passion or you have something calling for you, it's meant for you. And if you follow that, um, anything is possible. And we're just literally proving it to ourselves, you know, every single day with the amount of growth and the reception that we're getting from Recovery Life, you know, because she's got three DUIs. She doesn't have a driver's license. You know what I'm saying? We're over 30. I'm a convicted felon. Like you can easily look at that and say, I'm beat. Yeah. i never
2: i'm gonna have to like i don't know like just be i never thought okay just like a basis here i one of the reasons i never thought i was going to be able to quit drinking was because of the jobs i worked because there was to me that happiness faster, there was right? to me i was like there's absolutely no way that i can get through a day at mm-hmm. any of these jobs and i've had a lot of good jobs i've had a lot of like shitty serving jobs really good high up like working for universities and like Siemens and like doing, and and none of it, I would either be sitting there at the desk, like, I mean, seriously wanting to like shoot myself because it was so miserable. I did not think I could get through one minute. So I had to be drunk or like serving and just people treating me like shit. So like, okay, well, like I'm going to be drunk. And so I'm thinking like, how will I ever, ever quit drinking and be able to work because I can't do it without
1: it. She went to college. I was so miserable Mm -hmm. at all these jobs. Cause she went to college. Um, We've been friends since middle school and we separated through our addiction. I dropped out, she ended up going to college and you majored sure in- Theater and teacher. psychology, I that's a- Theater and psychology. Cause like- Yeah. Which
2: makes <laughs> sense. Which like really, but it actually kind of makes sense like if you think about it, cause you're like trying to like, cause like some people, and I think it's a lot of addicts, we think- <laughs> differently we ask a lot of questions yeah. yes we are miserable because we see and stubborn as like, shit right everyone's like you're negative it's like no I'm a realist I'm a realist <laughs> and, and it's like oh right. the sun's yeah, shining totally. flowers smell beautiful I'm like yeah and also there's cancer and also there's like the government and the like, negative self-talk so like, is
0: something like, like I serious, struggle with serious serious still like three years out. in and I've realized like addicts, that like, part of what got me into yeah. being an addict and part of the struggle in recovery, and part of the joy of it, too, is that negative self-talk lives, for me, always just under the surface. I could be having the most glorious day in the world, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, how am I going to fuck this up? And then I, it, it's kind of manifests itself into reality. So I yeah. 100% understand what you're saying, and I agree. I think that we're, we force our own doom in many ways, but I do oh get God. the theater and the psychology layer because I think that you, you overthink Mm -hmm. things, but you want to act out. I I get it. I mean, it makes sense to me.
2: Yeah. It's like, you're trying really hard. Like you want to like, you want to like express yourself theatrically, but then you're like, well, why am I so fucked up? So like, maybe if I take psychology, like I can understand why I'm so fucked up and then I can help other people not be fucked up. And then you're in psychology, which is a lot of because I think it's going to like solve your, the mystery of life. Like the question, why are people the way, why are people the way they are? I'm so, I'm so different from everybody else that I can help these people that are different. And then you realize it's just a whole bunch of like written down facts that doesn't fit to everybody. And you're like, this is like, okay, <laughs> uh, this isn't solved. like, this isn't the magical. But walls. I think it's I like also
1: changing the narrative too, of like what we're capable of. And I think that addicts in recovery or just anybody on a self-help journey or a self-discovery journey. Absolutely has the advantage right because we put ourselves in a position to analyze our thoughts we put ourselves in a position to challenge ourselves and to like figure it out yeah and I think normal people don't do that and I think that you know because I'm going to just tell you um I had a life coach Um, her name is Callie Estes she's fabulous and okay I'm a certified life coach and a certified interventionist too right which was I was playing it safe playing it safe because I said I I want to work for I'm sorry, myself. Uh, uh
0: you say a tree service. I already service? own
1: a tree service with my fiance. Meaning and you, you um
0: could... okay, okay, sorry. Yeah, I, I own a tree to...
1: service. Tree removal. Cool. Yeah. So we yeah, so I it's a full service um company. We do tree removal, hurricane prep, we chase storms the whole nine. And um and so I'm like, okay, this is cool we're successful at this. And I want to hear, hold on a second. Sorry. That's the dog biting my leg. (laughs) Um, She's a puppy, puppy. but, um, Oh my God, there's something more, right? So now we're in a financial position, um, that I know I'm not going to have to work for anybody. I have, I have a very strong sales background, um, career wise, working wise. And, um, I said, okay, well, I, I, I want to be creative. I want to help people, you know, I want to do something like that. And, um, life coaching, I'm like, I'll be great at it. People, I, I I just have a mind for it. I can really, I have the ability to, to see like the root issue and like, okay, this is what you have to tackle and that step-by-step, right? Plus the experience of my own life. We're going through, I'm going through this stuff with, with Callie and she's like, okay, so give me the step-by-step how you started the tree service. And so I'm doing this homework and I'm writing on this and I'm like, that was like my first clear inclination that like I, I just manifested, I manifested it. I don't have a point A to point B right. system of what I did and what re- I man- we manifested it. We, we, we believed we were gonna own a tree service. My fiance was running a tree service for a really good friend of ours, um, it, the sales and everything. And just the potential for the money is huge in the, in the tree industry. And uh, for about a year, we were just very dedicated to our thoughts and writing down like our future of our goals and and the opportunity to own this business literally fell into our lap and i said how do i teach someone that you know how do i teach someone cuz i didn't really fully understand mm-hmm. it i knew i manifested it but i didn't fully understand that i manifested it and so i applied those same principles to our social media and the brand and i mean everything that i we, I mean I, we've, we've hit the mark way sooner than I was even intending to hit the mark. Yeah. And so like that's the narrative right. So that goes back to the self-talk and what's really possible. And I know a lot of people that are in recovery that they're just like right there. you know And I think that if you really push yourself, that's me yeah, really I love that person. just really push yourself, think bigger, really understand that you are limitless and you can really tap into your purpose, And once you're there, like you're the chances of relapse are pretty like Cause you're, in, you're happy. You you're in that vibration. I a hundred percent do. And, and I, I, and I refer to it you know I mean? well, on the
0: show, sober momentum. I, I think success begets its own success, whether that's sobriety or, or anything else. But I, but I, but I also think that being an addict in recovery, having overcome the traumas and the nightmares of living that lifestyle, I, I do think that it's all of our shared superpower. And I, I think of it as a collective superpower because we've all been through hell and back and yeah. live through it. And yes, people do have yes. relapses and stuff. I'm not naive to think that once you've made it, you've made it, you, you have to continue to work at it. But I think that if you give yourself the purpose, if you find your purpose, work towards success, continue to deal with you know, whatever life throws at mm-hmm. you in a positive way, it begins to change, not only your outlook, but like you described, it gives you the ability to be limitless because we've been through shit, man. I mean, I'm recovered from alcohol, right?
1: what do you have to lose? You know what I mean? That's what that was. I said, listen, if I'm, because I have many right. relapses in my story. <laughs> and so does Ashley. We're not one yeah. wonders. I promise you. Okay. And we're not, not at all. And um, that's okay. And I'm grateful for that now because I have that experience to share with people. Cause people will message me. The amount of messages that we get uh, are just, they're just really out of control. And you're gonna make so it. many people yeah, say, oh, well, I relapse, like I'm never going to make it. And it's like, listen, dude, that's like not the case you know but what do you always you, you say about part, huh? what do you always say about like you know the value the value yeah because yeah. so,
2: so for me like I think it's really important to identify why you relapse I mean if some big tragedy oh, yeah. happened in your life like totally but for me it's because I was sober as fuck like never wanted to drink again <laughs> but I had zero purpose and it was like I looked around at the world and I thought, <laughs> this is fucking pointless as fuck. And like, <laughs> I wake up in the goddamn morning and I get my little apron on and I get my little fucking thing and I go to work and I serve people and I come home and I fucking cook dinner and I go to sleep and this is just the fucking dumbest thing ever. Like, why are we here? And then the thought started. And it was like, I. A little existentialism. Trash. I might as well just be, be drunk. drunk. Yeah. Because this is just. Bo- yeah, it was like boring. It was pointless. It was meaningless. And it was like, okay. So I figured out that because it was I was purposeless, like that's why I, I relapsed because no amount of meetings or anything like that was going to change my mind that this life was just stupid. So this time, so this time we like, Lilita gets me involved in all this. And I'm like, why would you want to involve me in this? Like, I, I mean, like, what do I have to give? And she's like, dude, you're smart. You're funny. You're beautiful. Like, you'll see. And so she's like, manifest. I'm like, but I don't believe any of it's true, bitch. Like, I'm not just going to like say I'm fucking successful. And all of a sudden I'm going to be successful. And she's like, okay, well, like, fake it. Like, just keep telling yourself that. And it's crazy. because then I, And it's like, also like, give manifesting a shot because just believing in yeah. yourself alone feels better than, thinking it'll never happen yeah because like it, it's just crazy just that alone say you don't have to become rich or whatever or some stuff doesn't work out just believing in yourself has been such a fucking change in my life but then after i added a little bit of value i thought okay here's my trick i think that's gonna save my life is to not stop here i have to okay i have a healthy relationship now okay i, I work for a business okay i have friends but like it can't stop there because you relapse. Right. And you're like, I just want to get everything back that I lost. So you get it back and you think that's all you need. Well, like, no, we relapse. Like you have to continue to add more and more and more value to your life to where I, I, I still think maybe to this day, it's actually changing a little, but that I only like, why don't I drink? It's seriously, it's mostly not for myself. It's because it's not worth losing my relationships. It's not worth losing like my company. It's not worth uh, letting, letting people down now who like believe in me. It's not worth like losing just like the Sunday afternoon walk that I take my new dog on. Like I keep adding stuff that I fucking refuse to lose, and to me, you can never stop adding stuff because we're human and we will get bored. Like we always want more, and I don't think that's going to change. Like eventually, it won't be enough. So you have to just keep adding like more, like because at first too, you get in a new relationship after recovery and you think, oh this is it. This is everything I've been looking for. This is going to fill my hole. And then like a yeah. year later, you're kind of like, all right, well, my hole somehow is reopened. I don't know right. that hole. We got to keep shoving I agree. stuff I, I in that hole because we're fucked up people.
0: It's true. And, and one of the things that. that I'd like to point and out like, that you didn't mention is material filled. growth. You didn't mention that and or, or money was the purpose. Like that's all side. So yeah. that that's all irrelevant stuff. I think the drive, the purpose the, the integrity and the, and the focus of always being more and better today than you were yesterday, that whole thing not wanting to be back that's what drives me. I mean as I'd mentioned, I'd like to learn a little bit more about you know what you're recovering from if, if it's okay. This isn't a gladiator school podcast, but I'm recovering from alcohol cocaine and nicotine. Oh, yeah. I don't vape or anything because if I, if I even want if I do one of those, the other two fall pretty quickly. so I, I have to just stay completely off it because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a domino addict in that regard. Like all one cigarette and I'll I'll be in fucking Vegas for three weeks, you know, doing stupid shit. (laughs) So (laughs) I do know. So I've got to be, but you know,
1: you know, though. Yeah. I've, I've gotten better. I was a very heavy smoker. She was a smoker. So the vaping is a huge improvement. Um, I'm recovering from fucking every narcotic you could think of. Um, I was a very heavy IV user. so before I got clean because I, I have I got clean once before this and I had some pretty successful time um, yeah. but I I ended up drinking and that was it, that was it it was over.' all thought she could be normal thought I could be normal but um, yeah, so I picked up narcotics. Yeah. Uh, it started with like the, just the usual weed and blah blah blah, blah. Then I was shooting heroin. And then I got clean from heroin, and then I was clean, and I relapsed on alcohol, and then I started shooting methamphetamine. So sure, um, but and, really, and, and Xanax, again, alcohol, like when it, crack, from a
0: time frame perspective, everything. did that start like yeah. before high school, during high school? Like where were you? I You said you mentioned you dropped in ninth grade, so I'm assuming.
1: Yeah. So the recreational drug use, which was like, you know, your hallucinogenics, cocaine, yeah. Adderall. Yeah. Just, the, just no, some blow. Just What's the, for me, fine. I it. Awesome. I'm it's like, nice. oh, just, you know, just some cocaine. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. big deal. Go, comes Adderall. Um, That started at like 14. And then I started um, shooting heroin at 19. I got clean at 22. <laughs> stayed clean till I was 24. Oh no, no, no! I got clean at I got hmm. clean at 24. Like really got clean at 24. Relapsed at 26, and um, then I got clean again at 28. But uh, so then I, I didn't start with the meth or anything. But before before the meth was in my relapse. But before that, it and was Ashley, crack, what about you?
0: You I mentioned mean, alcohol. Was that your pills, is that your Achilles heel mainly? Yeah, that
2: was my main and it was crazy cuz like thank goodness i had like like pretty bad reactions <laughs> to other drugs not for the right. not for like the fail of trying cuz i tried and i mean it's like what kind of person
1: like yeah, throws yeah. up and gets
2: sick every That's time why they, they call do it pain and you like yeah. they keep doing it though like if it was around like i would be like yeah i'll try again i'll try again And so, and then, you know, like the hallucinogens and everything. So like, that was just like the normal. And like, to me, 100%, like drinking was not a big deal. I didn't think it was a big deal. And so I drank and basically like, to me, it was like, I would be depressed and think that like, life was pointless. If I didn't have, if I hadn't found some way when I was younger, before it got chronic, that I didn't go out or hang out with people and drink. I mean, it was at the point where I'd be up at like two in the morning and if somebody still wanted to like stop by or go somewhere i'd be like oh finally i finally made it i'd get up, up and day, i would get up and start ripping
0: lines at, and so if, i'd I get up at be, four or five in the morning just yeah, to like, do more coke no and then party all day and then i wouldn't drink it until after five yeah. o'clock because that's what that's what civilized people do right some bullshit put in my head and then i would rampage fucking drink to ladder down oh. from the blow okay, until no two deal. three four in the morning And so i'd get like one or two hours of sleep yeah so I, I get it. Like you, I, I started to align my days yeah. with chasing cocaine or alcohol and fucking smoking like cr- like two, three packs a day uh, it is crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Gotta have. Oh them. yeah.
2: The cigarettes were definitely didn't matter to us, right? It was like you had to have them, and then. Yeah, and then the alcoholism actually got chronic when I was about 25 and I'd gotten my second DUI and and um, I, I just heard this story in the DUI class how this guy would wake up, this old yeah. guy would wake up in the morning and cure his hangover with a shot and I thought, what a fucking great idea.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, right, they're fucking enabling, you don't even know it, right? Because yeah, that's the thing, they they up. teach and you, up, like, I yeah, it's it fucked was, up, man. No yeah. do
2: even
0: know it. You're right.
2: It's not like I had never day drank before. I definitely had like the hair of the dog or, or, or I would p- pretty much get up and go to the gym with my boyfriend because then on the way back from the gym, I would always convince him to get wine or sometimes he want wine. And this is before we, we both were servers. So this is before I went to work. And so I definitely knew that like day drinking made me feel better, but I didn't really know it was curing my hangovers. I just thought like, I like to fucking start drinking early. <laughs> so then I'm like, oh, well, let me try to take a shot. The second I wake up and see if that
0: <laughs> old works, Bob like it did yeah. for
2: old Bob. And so it was old Bob had a good idea. So right, it was, of course it's like that's the only part I heard. I didn't heard that he was like dying of cirrhosis. I didn't hear anything else. <laughs> I just heard that it fucking worked and it made him feel better. So I did it and yeah, it worked. Yeah. And I never never I wanted to live that. any other way. I was like, oh, absolutely, this is the best. And that's when. The drinking and driving was already bad, but I mean, that's just when it was like, I if the gas station wouldn't sell alcohol early enough when I had jobs that i go to in the morning, I would just like steal it or go to gas stations until they forgot to lock it. And then so I could like steal it or or go to work and then wait till it was like eight o'clock till where they'd sell the alcohol and then fucking make some excuse bullshit, of like why yeah. I had to do something or just say like something, something where I could leave the work and then most of the jobs I could find alcohol because a lot of them were like country clubs and stuff like that. Um, and then like, yeah, it was just really sick. It was really sick. Like I had to have yeah. it and I could never even keep a stock to where the next morning I didn't have to go through this circus. Yeah, no chance. Like I couldn't keep half the bottle for the next day. <laughs> like I always had, to, it was like, I've done the craziest things I've walked off. Like, a job and walked two miles to a store where I was like just like a side job where I'm supposed to be like helping set up for like a Christmas party and you're like the caterers for it and I would like I have walked like two miles to get it and they're like where were you and I god knows what I said I just, <laughs> I just remembered a job I got fired from last night I could not even remember that I worked at California Pizza Kitchen and I'm laying there and I go oh my god I forgot about that and like I remember wa- I'm like. How did I get fired from that job? Did I just stop going? And I remember that I walked in and he goes, Hey, yeah, you're gonna have to go. And I go, Excuse me. Excuse he's me? like, Yeah, you're gonna have to, you're fired. And I go, For what? You. And I go, And he's like, I, 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 I'm I, not gonna tell you. You just have to leave. And I'm like, For what? And I get fucking livid. I remember getting livid and being like, You have to tell me why you're fired. And he's like, You need to leave. And like, Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, know, you just, like, you're a black guy. Like, I something.
2: wonder if a uh, guest just, I reeked of alcohol. I wonder, like, <laughs> right, who
0: knows? And,
2: no, I like, did somebody, yeah,
1: did I, what did I do? Yeah, what the like, fuck did I do wrong? Yeah. And I didn't care about losing the job. I was just obsessed with figuring out what I did. I didn't even care, have jobs, you know? I mean, I, I had little right. jobs. Yeah, there just, all just time to it just made me feel like what I was doing was okay if I kept getting jobs and stuff like that. But I was the type of, right. Yeah, I was the type of addict. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, bitch, I was a like prim- a hustler. I was a criminal. Yeah. I was not interested. I'm like, literally, I was, I stripped, which I don't talk about that. Yeah. I wonder if I should talk I think about you should. that. I just know. for the, re, re, just for the relatability. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause a lot of women, a lot of women, the desperation, a lot of women. Well, I, I stripped, I started stripping at like 18 before I got like super crazy mm-hmm. on drugs. I mean, well, what am I talking about? Like I was because 19, like 1920, I started shooting up. But before that, it was Xanax and cocaine all day long, Jaeger and tequila and beer all day. But I never got the DTs. I never experienced that. I did a lot of day drinking, but I never experienced the DTs right. or anything. But obviously, the heroin withdrawals—that's so you can't avoid that. But um, yeah, I, was, I, sh- I would strip. And I would strip in these like little local strip clubs, like where we're from in Florida, Seminole County. So they're like no contact, like they're not fully nude or anything like that. Yeah. And I never took it serious. I'm like, I'm just here. Cause I, I don't want to work a regular job. And, and I would get fired because my entitlement was through the roof. Yeah, and yeah. even at a strip right. club, like bitch, you have to come at a certain time and you have to stay. You know what I mean? And I would just stroll in whenever. And they're like, you can't do that. And I'm like, and I would, I would say, I'm a stripper. Like, you can't tell me that I have to. I said, if I wanted to be held liable and like on accountability and time, like, bitch, I would get a regular job. Like, (laughs) do you hear? I'm like, I can do whatever the hell I
0: want to, right? (laughs) You
1: could tell me what I can and can't come to work, please. I can do whatever I want. I said, bitch, I'm taking my clothes off. Like, don't try and tell me what time I have to be here. And they're like, yeah, bitch, you cannot not work here. But that's how I was. I was flippant, just totally flippant absolutely no regard for the authorities, sure. no regard for, for rules or regulations or laws. I was severely entitled, severely entitled. I did not care. Um, but you know, that where that ended yeah. me was a homeless, so you know, the, and now I'm just to switch gears to the, the
0: the other side of this, you know? like, um, before we get into some, how wonderful you're doing with recovery, uh, life apparel, but I, so what was the ladder up like and out? Like what, what made you decide, fuck this? I'm done drinking or I'm done drugging or both. Like what was there a, for me, I I had a pretty hard rock bottom. So I had a rock bottom stop for me. Um, but a lot of people don't have that. And I'm curious, what was that experience like? And we don't have to get into how bad it got. I just want to know like what that did you just, was it a big moment that you put everything down and move forward? Like what was that like a little bit?
1: Yeah. So um, I'll just speak about this last time. <laughs> too. I've, I've had, I, It had to happen yeah. for me twice. I'm a very stubborn fucking, mm-hmm. you know. So the last time um, I was pregnant, I didn't know how far along I was. Um, I had just got out of jail. They put me on house arrest. I cut my house oh. arrest bracelet off with warrants. So I had felony warrants out of Florida. And then I had felony warrants out of Vegas. So I cut my, I cut yeah. my, house arrest bracelet off, which put me in warrant status in Vegas. Right. So I already had the existing felonies in Florida and, um, I was pregnant and I got a call from my, so I have four children, three different dads. So the oldest, my oldest son's dad, which we stayed close. My oldest son's dad, um, died of an overdose. So his son, his other son, sent me a message on messenger and said, please take care of ACE. You know, my dad was found, OD, would blah, blah, blah. And so I had a, I had a revelation, right. That I was going to, if I did not get clean, that I was going to die and um, leave my children motherless. And in my oldest son's case, completely parentless. And so I fucking, that, that was the last, that was August 27th or August 26th because I, I was still high that day that was August 26 2016 and I called and I called my mom or whatever whatever and I got on a Greyhound bus
0: and you put to it back down to Florida in...
1: the next day because mm-hmm.
2: I think it was like you know you you were like well Asen's fine he's with his dad it's like whatever and it's like oh is not fine Yeah. If, if it happened to Kyle it can happen to, to me, me.
1: Because like, let me what tell you, you doing? my oldest son's dad, his name was Kyle. He was, a G- he was a GC. He was very successful. You know, he had his ups and downs. He also owned, you know, pool enclosure screen business here in Florida, but he was in North Carolina doing log cabins and stuff and very talented, very skilled, um, just a really good person. And he blew his back out before we met and that's when he got addicted to pills. And then obviously it spiraled because he's an addict and he had many ODs. He's OD'd in front of me. You know what I'm saying? He was one of yeah. those people that would just OD and OD and OD. And so, and so just for just the just listeners, GC, you just mean just general right? And okay. that, you know, so
0: well, yeah, sometimes yes, it's, yes, it's yes. that I would call it like the everything and nothing moment and not to minimize anything, but for me, like it, it was everything in that. I almost died. It was in the hospital skipping ahead. I just said, like, I don't want to leave my wife alone with the kids. My kids didn't do anything to deserve this shit. I need to, instead of lead or, you know, lead by example, I call it live by example, because I don't, you know, words, words are empty as shit, man. I think you have to, like you guys are both doing, and I, and I love it, uh, is live by example, by really following your dreams, doing the right thing, because I, I had to rewrite my my playbook for yeah. my children and myself, because I came from, I'm an adult child of an alcoholic, and I'm not blaming my father or anything. That's just what it was. So I drank and partied and did all that bullshit. And had I not stopped, my kids would have followed that exact same path. So I wanted to change everything. Um, and here we are on the podcast, oh, wow. I'm three years sober, but that's, that's part of it. And I, I love your story that you're like, holy shit like if i don't do this who else is going to do this like you have to take ownership yeah
1: who else who else is going to do it Mm -hmm. because i have a long history of that you know of of mental illness and addiction my grandparents were high functioning alcoholics my grandmother my paternal grandmother or maternal grandmother ended up dying of cirrhosis as a high functioning alcoholic there was no not ever one conversation about alcoholism with them they were had all this money or whatever she died of alcoholism my mother is a complete addict and active addiction yeah. my father's yeah. a complete stone-cold alcoholic he's a binge alcoholic you know what i mean and it's just my grandmother's parents both committed yeah. suicide you know what I'm saying? So it's just been for generations Gotta stop. Of the same. Okay, by making that choice, past, and that's the, so the done. listeners,
0: I just want to pause here before yeah. we hear Ashley's story on the on the recovery side. Is you you have to just I always say this to people when I talk to them, not necessarily always on the show, but what's the first step? And I say, well, when I for an alcoholic to not be an alcoholic anymore, I tell them to stop drinking, um, or if you know, stop doing cocaine, or to stop smoking, or whatever the fuck it is. That's mm-hmm. step one mm-hmm. of many, but you have to decide that. I'm not going to fucking do that anymore today. I'm not going to, and then that yeah. continue. So I love that, that it was that moment of clarity for you. And yeah. it's wonderful to, to hear that. So Ashley, what was it for you? Was there a, a, yeah. a moment uh, you mentioned three DUIs? I'm assuming they had something to do with it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't really care about this. No, I, I did. I fucking well, let, let me just say one thing to, to what you just said. I think, that not drinking or putting down your drug of choice is actually the easiest part. Like step one's the easiest part. It's looking at your entire life and realizing you have to change everything Everything. that scares the shit out of you. And like, yo, I've been coasting like, high my whole life. Like, I don't know how to work hard. I don't know how to like really put to to something real. At least I don't know how to do all that. And I'm just a piece of shit. And so like, I I like, how am I gonna have a successful life? And, anyways, I just think that putting it down is actually the easiest part. And what I think everyone's so scared of when they say, It's not not easy, man. Let's not pretend to it. And um, it does. That's the the hardest part. It really does. And it takes patience and time. It does. Yeah. It's not easy. It's not easy. It takes courage. And life isn't easy. And that's what we were trying to curb the whole time. We were trying to, we were trying to curb, we were trying to take the easy way out the entire time. So right,
0: I, I have to, to be down, accountable to my, to myself. And, 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 and right in, in, sustained and accountability fuck, so. is scary to people that have yeah. never been accountable to anything. I, I'm, I'm that person, you know. So mm-hmm. I. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Yeah, that sounds like a lot. Um, but for me, it's also like it's kind of like what you said earlier is that I started running out of justifications. So the men in my life that I've been with in relationships have been some really good men, but when they fall in love with me, they fall in love hard. So they pretty much will put up with, it. how do you it do
0: that? You're like, well, it's a four it step like, oh, process. No, I'm
2: kidding. I don't know how you do it. You do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, It's like, so basically it's kind of like I've always been justified because I would go I'd, I'd be in a, in a relationship where that person isn't an addict and they they have a good life and so therefore to society it's right. like okay I, I'm in an, I'm in either in an apartment or I'm in a really nice house and and if I if I crash the car, they fix it, whatever, whatever. And then it's like, oh, well, I always can like find another job. In fact, the more I found jobs, like the better they got, the better I on my resume. <laughs> Cause I'm actually, I hate like saying like, oh, I'm smart, but I'm pretty smart. And so Thank I could say making, that I knew yeah. how to do anything and then get the job and then do it. So my job only kept getting more prestigious. <laughs> they only kept getting like more money and like better companies. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. All I got to do is figure out how to drink successfully because my life is fine. It's all sitting right here. And so then the justifications started disappearing, though. You know, I would lose the jobs even quicker. Um, I, like I got my that I crashed into a mother and a 12 year old daughter when I was 25. And that's how I got the second DUI. And I felt really bad about it because I felt like, I felt sorry for them, but I didn't care. I didn't feel bad about like what I did. You know what I mean? I just felt bad that it inconvenienced their lives. I'm super glad they didn't get hurt. And I was like, Oh, I'm so blessed that they didn't get hurt. But like, I, I mean, I don't, it's like, I mean, I'm not gonna like quit drinking. So then there's, but then, then there comes, then stuff starts repeating. Right. So you start to lose the jobs quicker. You start to crash your car more. You, you, you get like, I mean, it's like, Father's Day I like crashed like my car and like the cop like woke me up for some reason he let my friend come pick me up but it's like and then I curb and I mm-hmm. like flat my tire but no one's there to see it so I just get the tire fixed and then I smash into a pole at work but no one saw it and there's no cameras and I somehow get my car home and take an insurance claim out and they fucking right. just call it totaled, and they don't know it's my fault so now I got a nicer car. I mean it was like <laughs> it was like it was like yeah. I couldn't yeah. fuck it fuck it up enough to to want to quit it was like I kept being able to fix it but then like I said eventually it just keeps repeating it's repeating and repeating itself until now my relationships they finally are like you're unmanageable I love you but like I, I can't actually like can't do it one second longer like Once I, I, second I, longer. I have the cops involved now I keep catching you you're just like it's so bad that like and then the next relationship it got to that same point and now I'm like repeating all these like detrimental things to my life and so and so it's like now okay now I'm yep. at the point where I'm like renting rooms from like people who it's okay and then now it's like oh okay let me try to get clean and then like oh let me move back in with my boyfriend because he thinks I'm better now and let me like I could get into those stories, but like fuck it up <laughs> to where his roommates are like Butter this chaos, girl's right? got to go this is <laughs> insane shit happening like yeah wild shit and then if anything went wrong anyone just thought it was me anyways even if it wasn't so like then it's now i'm back out now i'm like in another week so then i relapse again and now it's at the point where i am living in my car right because i have exhausted i'm probably sloppier at this point too right i'm tired bitch i'm tired i'm not as good at fixing it anymore right I'm not as strategic anymore I'm, I'm sick all the time like I got used to being sick I got used to basically just being laid out on the floor for 48 hours until I could get another drink down that was normal to me and well so- we made
1: a joke right because it's like oh we're um we out here and because because it, it's because like that's the thing that's happening like with the recovery community, and I'm like, oh, we out here, like we're talking about this. And she's like, well, y'all y'all been out, and I'm coming from the closet yeah. or whatever. Oh, wait, no, you're from. The, they're saying we're from the street. Oh, we're from the street. Yeah, I'm right. from, from the closet. Yeah. And she like would drink that in the deep, closet, dark hole. Yeah, I'd be in the
2: closet for hours. That and was my spot.
1: Literally drinking in the closet. Absolutely <laughs> calling people who now now
2: I know did not want to be called. Um, I would bring up shit from their past. So hold on. That, so you're drunk like, what and you called like she shit or old shit with people who didn't want to talk
0: about bad past
2: yeah like some really I just found out that I'd like bring this is really bad but this is some this is like a good example of like what I would do I had no idea that I would call my cousin and like bring up his mom's death and be like how do you deal with it like how do you feel about that like I did that to him and I still have to make amends but my aunt told me this like six months ago and I said what are you talking about she's like yeah you like call him and bring up his mom dude and like and like and like try to like make him talk about it yeah and and it i i was in such a good mood that day i just just let me babysit her kids and i got in the car and i was just a wreck like i don't Uh, think she realized what what telling me did you did did to me it made me want to go drink i was like i'm not ready to no 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 no. so i've been clean um a year and almost two months now Um, And this happened like six months ago. And I don't think, you know, she doesn't understand addiction. And it's like, I don't know if I ever really needed to get that. Well, and that's the thing. Sometimes you do. I've learned too that a lot of people in my
0: life that aren't addicts don't know. They can't handle me with kick gloves, hoping that what they tell me isn't going to, you know, burst the dam because they have to live their life too. So they don't know what I, what, because the thing is I have to be responsible for what breaks me on my own. Um, So I have to, that's why I have to. Secrets have very sharp edges. So I try to put everything out there. So nothing hits me that hard. Now I you can't cover everything. But sometimes I hear stuff that does take the wind out of me like what the fuck. And it freaks me out and it sets me back and I have to kind of go in my happy mental place in my own head for a couple of days to clear it out so that I don't go back to drinking or using But I get what you're saying, Ashley, where it, you probably didn't need to hear it, but I always say,
2: maybe it's Rolling Stones
0: reference and, and I don't mean it to be, but you know, you get, you don't just get what you want, you get what you need. And sometimes you need to hear the nasty shit.
1: You get
2: what you need, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it yeah. was, like, important to hear it in a sense if I was having such a good day, I didn't have, like, because I suffered from anxiety and depression and I wasn't having any that day. Right. And I was having this great, beautiful day. And as I leave her house, she tells me this. But I think you need those right. days to show you that no matter how great a day is going, like, something can fuck you up. Something, like, can fuck up your day. And can you get through it? But, you know, because that might not seem that serious to some people, but I love my cousin. He's like a brother to me and his aunt was, was murdered. And that's like the kind of, it's like making me like tear oh. up right now. So for the fact for me to like, be so delusional in my Talk alcoholism about. that I thought like it was okay to like call him and, and like do that to him. It, it really like, it blew my mind because you still don't fully, yeah. unless yeah. you had a camera on yourself, realize yeah. what a piece of shit you yeah. are. Um, and it's like now you're clean and That's you're right. having a good day, and you have to hear it's, what a piece of shit you were. You and you're
1: can. like, oh my god, like this is. How can yeah. I stay clean for the rest of my life yeah, and I'll never I, be that person for me, again? For me, it's a huge motivator. You know, when stuff like that happens, my fiance ha- yeah. had had some footage. No, we um, Me when I'm when I'm using, I don't. They ain't nothing to see. Oh my god, ain't nothing to see. Yeah, sorry, I had a call come in. Um, ain't nothing to see over here, and he had some footage of me, and I was just like. Uh, that's like that's the reality. Yeah. So I'm grateful for that stuff because it's for me. It's just another. Yeah. So Ashley, just to put a fine point. The reason why yeah. I should never. Use I was gonna it. say so. Yeah. uh so, You anyways, came exactly. to terms. Oh, but my rough- oh, go ahead.
0: So what? What got you? What flipped it for you to say? All right, enough is enough. Is yeah, there a moment? Yeah. Oh, I was
2: okay. Yeah. So. So I'm living in my car and then like sometimes if I wanted to spend the money I would get a hotel and I had like started dating this yeah. guy in Jacksonville like that I met at the rehab it wasn't like anything real and and um he was like if if it was possible a worse alcoholic than me and um he like started smoking weed and I like walked back into the the hotel and there was like this this guy walking out I had no idea who the guy was and I guess he was like selling him something and I was like Fuck! I was like, I, 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 I'm, I'm one of those, I'm one of those like drug addicts that I hear about, (laughs) because alcoholics don't really have to deal with the streets. We just deal with the clerk at the store, so we're not really exposed, unless you put yourself there. You're not really exposed to like what drug addicts deal with and like drug houses and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so I looked around and I thought, oh my god, I'm here. I've made it. I've made it to Ah. that scary hotel, drug dealer, homeless fucking status. And not only that, but like, I'm also going to die because the first time I went to get clean, I called Alita because I was afraid to fall asleep because my heart was beating so fast. And I knew you could go into seizures that I was like, I'm I could feel it. I was 100% if I think if I fell asleep for too long, going to have a seizure. So I had to keep myself awake and keep drinking. And so I'm at the point where I can't make it. I was trying so hard to get clean because I didn't want to relapse that time. I, I really didn't want to. It wasn't planned. And I would drink, not drink three days of the week until I'm at the point of like such bad DTs that you could go into seizure. And then I would drink the other four days of the week. And so basically, yeah, I'm at like crack house status. I'm homeless. I'm. Um, I'm. I'm gonna die. And I'm like, I have to get clean this time to like change everything. Yeah. And and because because whatever the yeah. fuck I've been doing is not working. Look where I've ended up. And I'm thinking in my mind, damn, that bitch is right. She says it gets worse every time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I mean, like worse. Ev- yeah, her. This she's the bitch. I'm like that bitch says <laughs> it gets. She's like, okay, girl. I say that, <laughs> okay, girl. Okay, like have fun out there.
1: It does. Gets worse every time. You'll right. be back. Oh, you think you could be normal? That's a joke. I did. I'm like, okay, you're going to yeah. have to figure it out. But I knew she had to figure it out. because She got clean for like three months Yeah. and was like, oh, bitch, I'm cured. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm, LOL. Yeah. And, uh-uh. and, and it's had, like, I've so, you know, it just, got, it just got, it just got where it got. It, it, it got, it
2: got. So I get in my car. So I call her one last time and I say, listen, I'm, I'm for real this time. I'm in a bad way whatever you, I said, whatever you tell me to do, like I'll do it this time. Yeah, yeah like, cause I wanted to do it my own way. I wanted to leave the halfway houses when I wanted to leave. I wanted to get a new car when I got a new right. car. I wanted to get back in a relationship when I felt like getting back. I wanted to move. I wanted to do it my own way. So I said, I'll do whatever you say. So I, they say, okay, get in the car, come now. I said, yeah, I, I hadn't drank since 11. I'll be fine. Well, I was drinking the whole time. I was drinking in the car on the way there. I pull myself over cause I have a delusion <sighs> that this woman rear ends me. And I waved down some state troopers and I'm like, yeah. I think this woman rewriting me and they're like, okay, okay, whatever. Like, we'll look for this lady, but you are drunk as fuck and you are coming with us. And I said, Oh my God. <laughs> I said, am I fucking for real getting a third DUI on my way to, I swear to God for real get clean this time. <laughs> it yeah. really I said, happened. Oh, no, 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 And no, no, the thing, here's happened, the bitch of it. But it you it flagged it the fucking cops down yourself.
0: You don't even know it.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's like, she'll tell people, she'll tell them a story of how you gave yourself your third DUI. It's on our YouTube. And 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 yeah, I I gave myself a third DUI. She pulls over
1: on a construction zone on the fucking highway. The cop says, she goes, my friends don't believe me that I'm on my way home. I said, get your fucking ass here right fucking now. And she's like, uh, off in her mind. And the cop gets on the phone. She's like, tell my friends, tell my friends. And he's like, hello, this is officer so-and-so. I said, hey, what's going on? And he's like, I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was going to call sure. you back. And that was it. I so said, here oh, you I'm guys are with nervous. a fucking awesome yeah. clothing
0: line. And I'm just going to repeat what I so said, because I, I do watch and I love yeah. your, your Instagram Instagram stuff because I think it's amazing. So if I may, I'm going to reread what comes to my mind when I, when I watch you guys and it's joyful, exuberant, loving, giving, proud, and daring. And it's truly wonderful to see where you are today after hearing both of your stories about addiction and recovery. And I think it's impressive because, and for everyone listening, no matter where you are in your life, no matter how bad you think it is, you can, you can be better. You can get better. Mm -hmm. You just have to have faith and do it. And I love that you guys have done that, started your brand. I love yes. that it's blowing up. And I love that you've honored me to come on the show. I, I, I'm i really happy to get to know you both personally and, uh, and help you with the- Well, it's an honor anytime
1: anytime anybody, uh, you know, ask us to speak, you know, or come on a podcast, we're 100% grateful to do that. And my sponsor told me a long time ago, anytime anybody asks you to share your experience, it's, it's God, it's for a reason. You just, you just have to do it. So I'm like, okay, I do it, you know, but, um, I've never been so grateful for the low places that I've been because, um, I'm just using it as a, as a fuel to help motivate other people, you know, like, there's nothing that I haven't really gone through there. There's an exception yeah. of a few things that, that haven't happened to me, but just a few, everything else is pretty much there. So that's the proof, right? And I go, oh, that's the reason because you're going through shit. You go through shit as a kid, you, 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 you create your own trauma in your own life and you can get in this hole. You go, why, 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 why? and you're doomed and then you come out on the other side and you go oh that's why it's it's to help other people it's to overcome it to help other people okay i get it now and so i'm just super grateful man and and we have a huge vision for this brand and i really feel like we're just getting on the map 2021 is going to be huge and we have a really cool collaboration coming up with like a really big skateboarder who's in recovery um he's actually probably about to win skateboarder awesome. of the year say you can say his name yeah, yeah his name's brandon turner and um he's in recovery he's just in, yeah he's just incredible and we're gearing up to pitch some pretty big retailers says we want to be like the first recovery based brand to make it in a major retailer what yeah like it's why? okay
2: it's okay kids it's like it's okay to be healthy yes it's okay to like be active like it's okay to not the only way to have fun on a Friday night is with the red solo cup Facts. laughing at somebody like falling off the fucking ledge. Like it's, yeah. it's okay. It's, it's okay. okay, okay. And all they're taught is that's the yourself. way to yeah. the only The only movies and TV teach you that the fun moments in these kids' lives on these shows is when they're holding the red solo cup and like all doing cocaine in the bathroom. And that's like yeah. not, I just wish there was a way to show, and that's what we're trying to do. And is sober. To show that you can be fabulous and fun and like amazing and like right. do all these other things and you don't have to go through what we all went through. And be cool, you know,
1: cause I know, I know getting clean young is, you know, kind of a turn off, you know, if, if yeah, you want to have those experiences. You, you want to be you want to be cool because you, there's this vision in your mind or what, you know, I think this is that false right. reality that like, oh, okay. If you're not partying or smoking weed then Absolutely. like, you're just a lame. And like, that's just like the farthest thing from the truth. And, um, so that's like, we, that's why the brand is, is, you know, the feel of the brand is young and very relevant. And, um, just, it's, it's just a whole energy that we want to present to, especially the the youth, the younger generation that like, listen, dude, like life is already hard enough as it is. And really you can take control of it and you can be anything you want to be. I
2: can't wait for the day where like TVs and like shows are like portraying those kids
1: as the losers.
2: Like those, like those kids, that's those, I are, couldn't like, agree those more. are the losers in the show. Yeah, like, yeah. the cool kids.
0: Yeah, for like, sure. I, and and I try to tell, exist. I mean, I do let, I have a, an eight to five year old exist. two boys, and I let them listen to the show because I, I, you know, they. I want them to hear the dark side of this. Not that this, because the reality of it is, we all end up in the same fucking place. I yeah. mean, so because people glamorize this bullshit in the Hollywood eyes, yeah. this bullshit, and they make it cool to be the guy, you know, all of that you just described. So, trying to live by example, as we mentioned earlier, is, I think, the best way to show children that you don't have to go down that path. Now, just in wrapping up, which I have thoroughly enjoyed getting to know you both and having you go, know, where can listeners? find everything about recovery life apparel because i know that you've the website facebook pinterest and instagram so if you want i'm gonna have all the notes on how to find you everywhere in the podcast notes itself but if you want to just do some shout outs real quick we can end with that
1: Yeah. So it's pretty simple, seamless across the board. So Instagram and TikTok is Recovery Life and Peril. Love it. I do love it. And I have so enjoyed getting
0: to know you both that thank you very, very much.
1: Yeah, you're awesome. You're super cool. You're great. I love this. I love the podcast. I love that, that you're doing this and that Um, this is being talked about more openly and I really believe that COVID's been instrumental in getting the recovery message outside of a meeting and into the world Mm -hmm. you know because we believe that okay cool like you're not if you're on the street or not in a meeting you're not you could be you could be scrolling past a recovering addict online you could walk past the recovering addict and not know and you feel alone and think that you know these people have not gone through what you've gone through but how incredible to be able to bring this message to the forefront. And just like we thought that would happen. That's, that's happening. Like people are like, Oh my God, like I I had no idea that I've, I've literally, you, you just told my story. I, and these people out there, they don't know that meetings exist. And, and when you're using it, I remember being that addict that was just at the lowest low before I found recovery that like, you think that you're doomed to that. You don't think that you can recover and go on and be productive. Yeah. You don't see that. And then you get to a meeting and you go, oh, wait, wait hold on a minute. Mm. You know? And so to just bring that out. I agree. Like not anonymous, you know, let's bring it out. Let's talk about it. And, and we've gotten some shade. I'm going to tell you, we've gotten. Well, some let's hear from about from that. A little some, bit, some actually, really I'm curious. 12 steppers and they, they've, they're Howard. Yeah. How you know, they go, how I got a message the other day from someone. He goes, um, I just, I just want to know how you plan to reconcile this with the big book. I said, reconcile what? Can I just say something? Like,
2: there's like what I always say about writing it with a feather. Yeah. Okay. There's a joke that like Joe Rogan makes in his stand up, and it's like, oh, and everybody, whatever the Constitution and stuff like that. And he say, and he says that like the 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 guys who signed it, they like raised (laughs) from the dead, and they're like, you're still following that? I wrote that shit with a A feather." feather. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that way when it comes to which, and I saved my life, but. I think it's, you're also instrumental in saving your own life. And yes. I think that that book was written a long time ago. And I think that it can be hard for newcomers in, this, in the day that we're in, in 2020, to get on board with sharing and not having anyone say anything back, not talking about it, staying like anonymous, right. being super like in the corner shading, mm-hmm. like shaded about their recovery. And I don't think that recovering out loud is going against the big book. It's just, it was written a long time ago. There's no reason in this day and age that like something cannot be tweaked. Tweaked. Something cannot be changed in a respectful way. Mm -hmm. And it's very clear that you're allowed to break your, it's very clear you're allowed to break your your own anonymity. anonymity. It's very clear. There's not only one way to get clean. It is not only... 12 steps and like you're magically fixed there's so much more that goes into your intricate individual personalized life and that cannot be described and descriptive to every single person one through 12
1: you know and i believe that the god or the divine or whatever you want to call it has been instrumental in this as well 100 percent. and the proof is in the pudding with the amount of people that have reached out to us who come forward i, I mean I'm, I'm gonna just tell you in the four months i'll bet it's been when I say hundreds hundreds of people hundreds of people and people will tag us on their people will tag it gets me so emotional people will tag from from across the world that from across the world that are like I have been struggling with addiction for my entire life like I haven't seen my kids in five years I never knew there was another way like you guys have literally shown me that like I can fucking stop getting high and they they are posting their their Day one, day two, yeah. they're not detoxing anymore. They're thirty days clean. They just got a job, and it's like, oh my god, like this is so much bigger. And so I get, I get really offended when these people say, oh, you're it's attraction, not promotion, and you wow. shouldn't be selling clothes, with recovery, and you're a piece of shit, and how are you going to yeah. reconcile this? And we're not supposed to be making a profit. Right. And I'm like, bye. People don't bye. know about. People are bye. out there not knowing about the secret little room just, in the. Why is, se- why is it a secret? Why is it a secret? People are fucking we dying. A, we need
2: promotion. People I are
1: fucking dying. I, no, do I think that I'm going to be able to say everybody? Absolutely not. But I do believe that we are in 2020. I believe that every motherfucker is on their phone in a social media platform. First of Give all, the the, this mental life
0: podcast is just recovery just agnostic. And what the I mean by that is people, whatever recovery process one takes is the one they should take. I, I So I am not oh, yeah. personally a 12 stepper, but I if, that's, if 12 steps works for you, then by all means. But I don't think it's fair for anybody to give anyone else shit about the process that they are by taking to get recovered. That's right.
2: But they get shamed at the meetings. They get shamed. They get shamed for, 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 for wanting to enjoy a nice meeting, maybe hear something that they needed to hear, but they don't do it exactly the, the right. old timer does it. They're shamed right out of there. They're guilted. They feel guilty. Like, I shouldn't be here because I don't follow number six. Yeah. So I shouldn't be here. And yeah. and, and the guy is yeah. sharing that I basically shouldn't be here if I don't follow number four through whatever. And and so they don't come back. They don't come back. And Did now They feel have no hopeless. Support system. They don't have anything to follow. It's like... It's like, I've seen it with my own eyes happen to people that I've brought in and, and, they, and they go, well, I don't believe in this and I don't believe in that. And so like, I feel, I I, I, don't, sh- I feel it. super guilty being here and yeah. I feel shamed for being here. So like, I'm not going to come anymore. And so then what, right. now you have nothing because there's no other programs. Like they're all 12 step. It's like, so, but they're actually, OJK, oh, there is. There is. But no one's talking, no about, one's them. talking about them. So yeah. now we're all out here, you, us, we're out here like,
1: no, like there <laughs> is other ways, way. Yeah. And like, here's
2: my way. And, here's and it's this- okay.
1: Because guess okay. guess what? We're completely abstinent. We are completely abstinent. We don't smoke weed. We don't anything. But we've had the privilege, and I call it a privilege because I really feel like we are always learning something. And and I once upon a time was the person that was like, oh, if you're not completely abstinent, then you're fucked. And like and I and I've been humbly stand corrected that that's not the fucking case, you know. And people. People are Cali clean and people, you know, do yeah. people, people have success on MAT. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like people don't. Did you get, did you your, get shit, your shit together? Yeah. Then you win. Then you win. No,
0: I I agree. And I think the last thing that I'd like to mention before we do end is I love how you gracefully handle the people throwing shade at you on social media, how you post their post and let others kind of you, you mention it and deal with it in, in your post itself. But I love how you gracefully let your social media followers who love the brand and love what you guys are doing and what you stand for kind of not come to your defense because you certainly don't need anyone to come to your defense. Both of you are very capable of fighting your own fight and doing a great job of that. But what I mean is (laughs) I love that you aren't hiding from the shade. I love that you put it out there and own the shade in a positive way. Like screw them because you don't need them. Well, the dark
1: darkness dies, darkness dies in the light. You know what I mean? And so, you know, and it's like oh this or that like yeah like I lost custody of my kid yeah I'm still four years sober and I still don't have custody but I'm fighting him yeah I'm a felon yeah people don't believe me. you know what I'm saying and it's just like leading by example like you say like no matter what anybody says or things that's another shirt yeah that oh, I like custody. that I love the that, I do,
0: that. Just, I do love that, that. we that should talk offline right? about a dismantled life shirt I would love to do something with you.
1: you can apply that you can apply that yeah. to many different aspects, right? It can be what people think about you, what you think about yourself in a negative aspect, what you think you're capable of, just because you think that you're not going to make it there doesn't mean yep. that that's true. Just because someone says you can't make it, doesn't make it true. So it's a pretty broad and 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 that idea was birthed yeah. through <laughs> me going viral and people talking about, I love shit it. about me. I said, oh, okay. I'm glad you feel that way, bitch, but it ain't true. I,
0: I love it. Sure and it me, has that. been an yeah. absolute <laughs> pleasure having you both yes. um, on the show.